the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Just what this show needs, technical difficulties. It's the only thing that was missing. I think you fixed it. You see, you call in the guy, you know, these radio guys are great. In a pinch, there's always somebody here who has an answer. 312-642-5600. Now, as you people know who listen to me, I don't like politicians. It's just inherent. I never liked carnival barkers. I never liked flim-flam salesmen either. I specifically didn't like Ponzi scheme architects. I don't like any liars. I really don't like liars. And Lori Lightfoot, you know, she's cute. She's got the little miniature jacket on from Rahm Emanuel. I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I understand in Chicago, Illinois, you're never going to get anybody other than a Democrat, socialist, fraud, liar. But, you know, she figured she's not the norm. She wasn't Grady that she was running against Preckwinkle. I was happy she didn't win. But I couldn't help but notice when it came time to any specificity, there wasn't any. But when asked a direct question earlier this week about Eddie Johnson and specifically Charlie Beck, here's what she had to say. Well, I hit the button and now I can't hear it. Can you make it so I can hit the button, kid? Venus. Hit it. I don't know what you're talking about, about a meeting with Charlie Beck. I mean, I've seen a lot of speculation about different names, some of which are wildly um, off base. But as I said, we have a superintendent who is in place. And when the time comes to make an announcement, we'll make that announcement. That was 12 hours before they made the announcement. So either you're the most clueless, dumbest, uninformed mayor of a major city, or you're a liar. To me, there's no... Middle ground. To me, it's either you told the truth or that is an absolute and total lie. Twelve hours before they made the announcement. It's almost, you almost can't, it's like one giant Saturday Night Live skit. Now, I personally don't know if Charlie Beck's a good guy or a bad guy. I don't care. First of all, I'm kind of sick of these guys in authority with mustaches. Reminds me of Germany in the 30s. Do you have to have a mustache? Who wears a mustache anymore? What are you, Tom Selleck in the 80s? You don't have any Ferrari. I'll tell you, so that, that that bothers me. Facial hair, especially when you're coming from a warm climate. It just itches me. I can't even look at it. But that being said, I never bought the Eddie Johnson hoopla. Did you think Eddie Johnson, was he your kind of guy? And I don't just mean drunk in the car. It's going to happen to the best policeman out there. It just is something that we can't help but stay out of the news. They're going to do things. But I don't like mediocrity sold as success. And I specifically don't like these guys who say, I gave my life to the city. Oh, did you really? What did you have? Other options, Eddie? I'm curious. What were your other options? Were you going to go to NASA? What, were you on your way? Or did you get a job that was very good? Good job. You did pretty well for yourself. In fact, you're going to go off to the pension land of utopia that most Americans will never see. You don't care what it's going to do to the city you leave behind. I get it, you're magnanimous, but you're a politician. In fact, 
Anybody in that job, it's not like they're really good cops that get that job. Those are political sycophants. Those are appointed positions. All that comes with that job is chapstick, baby. Now, this guy's mustache might get in the way, but make no mistake about it. He's a politician. He's going to come out and tell you how great everything is. But I can't help but remember a little article I read not that long ago about the hidden cost of Eddie Johnson's tenure. We're in the year 2018, not that long ago. Illinois had the highest it had ever paid in police misconduct expenditures. $113 million went to people who were, in one form or another, wrongfully abused by Chicago police. Now, that seems to me like anything but success. See, the citizens, they actually pay that money. That money isn't free money, as much as Eddie Burke and those other 50 thieves calling themselves aldermen pretend it is. That money is actually tax money. And the guys negotiating the payoffs, they get paid too. Those are city lawyers. See, to me, Chicago is one big money laundering ring. It really is sickening to me. And to claim you have success because you somehow took the staggering figures of homicides down, what, 20%? But you didn't really change the amount of shootings. So I don't really think that's you as much as bad aiming. What do you think of that? Just seems to me like the scumbags who are shooting each other can't really aim well. What is the dollar amount of all of the of all of the misgivings of the Chicago Police Department? Now I know that's a controversial thing. It's probably why we didn't get the union guy on here. Although I don't like unions either. Maybe that's why. That, that's probably it. Uh huh. I don't like unions. I don't like how they protect incompetence. I don't like how they hide the facts. I don't like how they put lipstick on a pig and sell it as success. I just don't like it. But that's what this is here in Chicago. And I'm watching the news and these talking mannequins with their, with their makeup on. Keep telling me how great everything is. And shouldn't we just send them off to a hero's welcome? To me, the city is in a shambles. To me, the problems have been exported to neighborhoods that were never what they were. Did they ever solve the, the, the mystery of the guy that kept shooting the uh, people on the north side walking their dogs? Whatever happened to that guy? Catch him? I don't think he did. In fact, what is your solve rate on the murders? You kidding me? They could take Sherlock Holmes from, from his deathbed, could solve more crimes than the Chicago Police Department. And then the ones that they do solve, they have a whole other problem where the, where the lawyers in charge of the city, they, they don't want to go after the, the, the criminals. No, no, no. There's a reason that they're criminals and we can't really prosecute them. So you've got this land of lies, all giant lies. And you put in this new person who's supposed to be wonderful. I understand. She's a homosexual, and she has a kid, and she's a lawyer. So what could go wrong? Nothing. Everything's going to be fine. But the one indication of where Chicago is going is where New York is. Where New York has been, that's where we're going. Because if you listen to the policemen, they want to implement what I think is Gestapo tactics. And I know I'm very controversial on this subject, but this guy coming in, with his tailored suit, all tough, and, and, and has no idea where California or Kedzie is. This guy coming in, he's just going to try to bring in that iron-fisted, and they're going to put forward the exact same things that New York put forward, and not only failed, but drives a wedge between the community and the police department. What needs to happen is a dialogue. You better figure out how to fix the problems you have rather than hiding them under the rug. And you're not going to bring in some guy with a mustache 
and riding boots and all of a sudden try to implement stop and frisk and pretend that'll solve everything. When the reality is maybe we should look at how many political figures and authorities are tied to street gangs. I'd love to know that. See, to me, that's the real issue that's going on. This kind of skullduggery that happens in the city of Chicago could not go on if there wasn't some payoff scheme somewhere or another in conjunction with politicians. I'm sorry it couldn't be. Because how could it be every kid that's been thrown out of school, every junkie, every lowlife knows where to go and buy the drugs, but somehow the police don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it could be. See, to me, I think they tried to create little safe zones, and it backfired. I think what we're witnessing is not good policing. I think what you're witnessing is exactly the opposite of bad policing. I think the idea that nobody on any news has talked about the fact that the city of Chicago last year paid $118 million to people who were wrongfully uh, harassed, charged, whatever, that should come down. As taxpayers, you should want that to come down. You should want the crime to come down, not a little statistic flip where you don't mention how many people got shot, you just forget to, you just mention how many died. Heyjackass.com is the best website. You know who puts that up? Cops. Because here's the reality. Good cops are being disincentivized and hamstrung. Bad cops seem to climb up the ladder. It's like every government bureaucracy. The cream doesn't rise to the top. The scumbags do. That's how politics works. I'm sorry, am I not supposed to say that? You know, he's got one kidney. Guy's got medical problems. Likes to fall asleep in traffic. Eh, little side effect. He's a great guy. He left. City's doing wonderful. Is it doing wonderful? How many of you would be real happy if your kid said to you, you know what, I'm going to go downtown, Dad. Uh, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> that is the scariest sentence a guy in Illinois could hear. Really? And that's directly because of Chicago. We got time for a phone call? All right, let's go to the phone lines. Frank. How are you, Hey, Frank? what's going on, brother? Not much, buddy. How are you? Listen, yeah. finally, somebody said it. Somebody said it. It is the gangs. It is the gangs and the politicians in bed with them. Of course it, it is. is. It is not gun violence. How many aldermen are it driving is. around in BMWs? Here's a tip for all the investigators out there. If the alderman has a $100,000 car, you might want to look into things. I mean, it's, re- it's a joke they to me. They are being put in office. It's ridiculous. They are being put in office by these people. And now here's the thing, Frank. I'm going to tell you something right now. This could be solved if there were different approaches, if there were new ideas. Unfortunately, what we're getting is a vicious cycle of failure that the people of Chicago and the people of Illinois, we pay for these mistakes. When the cops do bad things and the people need get settlements, we pay for that. Who negotiates that? They get paid too. Where's the incentive to make that number go smaller. Who gets thrown out of office because of this? Nobody. Eddie Johnson That's didn't get thrown out of office. never be fixed. No. Eddie Johnson didn't get thrown out of office. He left because of embarrassment. And I got news for you. You could buy all the nonsense about him in London looking at a bunch of Englishmen deciding how, how valuable his life was. Or you could realize he got caught drunk in his car. And before that embarrassment went out, he decided, let me take my pension and skate. That's what really happened. Otherwise, Eddie Johnson would be in there forever. I'm sorry, I don't buy the BS. Thank you, Frank, for calling the show. And that's it. Do you really, Thank you, bro. Do you really just want to keep buying the BS? When is enough enough? Whether it's Chicago, whether it's Illinois, whether it's America, when is enough enough? 
We're going to get to the national stuff later. I've got such an exciting guest. Before I go to the break, 604, you're going to want to tune into this radio station. I know a lot of people are driving home. They go home. They argue with their wives. Stay in the car a little bit. Tell her you're going to pick up dinner. 312-642-5600. We will be back after this. It's Friday, baby. Coffees for closers. Get my coffee. Listen to Jared Kushner's people call. We on with him? No? How about Melania? No? Okay. We're going to have to wing it then. We're not going to not gonna get any big names. Not going to happen. But here's what you're going to get. You're going to get the truth, damn it. Because to me, that's all that matters. I didn't even watch The Wire. Do I really need to figure out what's going on here? Candace DuPage. Not anymore. Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. I think it's weird that she's bringing in somebody from California. Do you ever think sometimes, I mean, Tony Preckwinkle wouldn't have done that. There's no way she would have brought in some dude from uh, California. So it makes me wonder. Do you think it's possible that sometimes I think that they seem so aligned with the cartels because they're doing these sanctuary cities and they don't put anybody in jail who actually... The like cartel, what, crime? let's be oh. very clear. The cartel you're so, speaking of, you're talking about the drug cartel. I'm not talking about that. I think Lori Lightfoot doesn't have a choice in any cartel, decision. Lori That's the cartel. Cartels. That's right. The Chicago Mafia, Democrats. She doesn't have That's a say-so. She doesn't have a say-so in anything. I know she doesn't. Come on. It's a joke. And by the way, all it of the TIF agreements, all of the little carve-outs and cutouts, all the little contracts to the political sycophants, that's going to be really turning it up because this is what it's all about. doesn't matter. It's insatiable. The Leviathan of corruption is insatiable. And she's just the hood ornament on the vehicle. So that's where I agree with you. You're exactly right. But do I think drug cartels are, are running the city? No. I think they're being shaken down. I think they're paying protection. What do you think of that? I didn't even watch The Wire. I got to go home and watch that. All right, Russ, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Uh, I, hey, brother, I love it when you talk dirty, man. Thank you. Thank you. All the stuff you say is so I, true. That would mean so much more to me if you had cleavage, but go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> By the way, it was great seeing you on Saturday. Brother. Oh, nice seeing you. Anyway, um, this is all what's been happening. This is, you know what this is when I think about you? When you were a little bit before the break, when you were talking about uh, the politics, this is, this is uh, the, uh, 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 the book about Peter's Principle. This okay. is Peter's Principle in, in, the, in the politics on steroids. That's what this is. Listen. It is. They are so incompetent, but they are so destructive at the same time. You know what it is, too? There, you, you mark my words. What do you think is going on in Chicago, Illinois, with the marijuana and why the licensing is so strict and so controlled by the political body? Because they're going to carve out a section so that the black market drugs can stay flourishing. This isn't about any kind of change of thing. They just want in on the action. This isn't about fixing any situations. Because if they wanted to fix this situation, you would disarm the profitability. I'm dead serious. One thing that, oh, that mankind right. has shown you, 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 make some, you put a prohibition on something, and it will find the black market. You want to disarm things? You can make it very simple. Number one, if you get caught with a, with a felony, you are never eligible for any government programs. Ta-da! One felony. You or your descendants can never receive government cheese. Yeah, I threw descendants in there. You want, there to, turn, you you want to turn the ghettos into Disneyland? That's how you do that. Thank you so much for calling the show. I appreciate it. 
We fix problems. We don't just rant. Come on, don't be shaking your head at me. All right, Jimmy, thanks for calling the show. This is Jimmy Carter on the phone. I got the president. Forget Melania. All right, how are you, Jimmy? What's up, bu- What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you? Hey, you know, you were talking about how to, uh, where they know where the drug houses are at and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of these aldermen, they have nowhere to turn but to the gangs for their political armies. So in hand washes one hand, what do they do? They get rid of the loitering laws. The loitering laws kill them because when you have a drug house on a corner, everybody on that block is affiliated with that drug house. But, here's but a- if you can't talk to them and approach them, now what? Well, what you said, too, this is something that, what's, what's his name, Fort, Jeff Fort? What was that guy? Right? He was the drug guy. We got a million dollars. million dollars he's sitting in the Husqvar. Right. He just was, he was the architect. He, he mixed in the blueprint. He right. understood. You know, why would you be a gangbanger if you could be a politician and get in with the money? That's all this is. So to your point, Absolutely. of course it's a political army, especially in these neighborhoods where the, where the people are intimidated by that army to vote. That's how they build, build these empires. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with you. Thank you so much. They're for... not going to walk door to door. They're not going to walk door to door. It's always where the money is, Jimmy. It's always where the money is. All you right, want to solve the problem? Focus on the money. That's the number one thing, and that's what they don't want to do. Focus on the money. It's not really against it. The the problem. They just want a piece of it. As far as I'm concerned. Now maybe I'm way off. I could be way off. I'm speculating. It's a talk show. Just in case somebody wants to come and shoot up the car. All right, Dave. Thank you so much for calling the show. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Splendid. Uh, just good, good. Just had to tell you a little story. Uh, we're from the inner city, West Side, um, and we moved 10, 12 years ago out to not near the Wisconsin border. Well, I have a cousin, first cousin, best friend, great guy. Uh, younger days, he had some heroin issues, and a couple times I picked him up off the streets on Chicago, off of Chicago Avenue in Avers, and they're right in that area, and you know, get him on a program the next day, and this probably happened 10 years in my life, 10 times in my life. Well, he fell off the wagon about a month ago and called me to come pick him up in the city. I'm like, oh, where are you? He goes, Chicago and Avers. I said, what? This is 35 years later, same corner, same routine. I, my mind is still blown away. I'm questioning him about the entire thing, and he's telling me, yeah. Same spot, same houses, same area, same guys. It's all connected. Absolutely Dave, not they a could, question about it. Of course they know where everything is. Come on, Dave. They could, you know oh. how you fix something? You penalize and you incentivize. Penalize the wrongdoing, yeah. incentivize the rightdoing. That's what you do. You, yeah. don't, you don't incentivize the wrongdoing, which is what we do here in America. Unfortunately, in particular in Chicago. Thank you so much. And, you know, before we go to the break, I, if you're on the line, stand line. I want to tell you what I said. Believe me when I tell you, New York leads the way in bad decisions. Now listen to what's coming to Chicago. I give it seven months before, instead of Del Basio, just um, imagine a, a, a sexually frustrated female voice. Blasio is defending a city program that some critics say rewards criminal behavior. The incentive program would give accused criminals things like Mets tickets and gift cards for showing up to court. CBS2's Hazel Sanchez has more. 
New York City will be ringing in the new year with a new set of criminal justice reforms to combat overcrowded jails. About 900 accused criminals are expected to be released, and the city will be rewarding them with Mets tickets, movie passes, and gift cards for showing up to court. Critics say the program rewards criminal behavior, but Mayor de Blasio is optimistic the plan will work. In a world where we want speedier trials and we want the justice system to work, if small incentives are part of what actually makes it work. 312-642-5600. We will be back after this. Best music and radio, baby. I like this one. Got a lot of blowback from the last segment. A lot of blowback. Everybody, you don't like cops? I do. I like all the good cops. And all the bad ones, I think they're in on it. What do you think of that? Because you know what? Virtue doesn't come with a job. When will the American people learn that? Occupations do not give you virtue. People, specific individual people, have virtue. And like every other thing, some are good, some are real bad. And most are in the middle. That's just the way it goes. Now, does that occupation attract a certain hero? You're damn right it does. Does it also attract a certain criminal? Well, you're damn right it does too. So let's focus on reason. Because you want to know how we fix things? With reason. Why has there never been a penalty for someone who abuses his fellow citizen to where they lose all social benefits? I have wondered that since I was a kid. Everybody knows who the bad people are in the neighborhood. Everybody knows who the drug dealers are and the criminals and the thieves and the murderers. But yet, they're treated like everybody else. Why? Why? If you know and they're caught and they're found guilty, well, why do you get all the other benefits that all the people who live their lives accordingly do? What is the benefit of being the good person? You know, I ask that whenever I hear these policies. What is the benefit of being a good person in this society? As the society becomes more and more collective and, and, and focuses on how we can fix all of the bad things by taking away from the good people. I just don't get it. And I certainly don't think there's an answer that we can point to in Illinois or, or Chicago in particular. To me, it is just going. Everybody should wear one of those tidy bowl costumes because to me, that's what it looks like. I don't even like going east of Harlem Avenue. Are you kidding me? All right, let's clean up the phone lines. Lucas, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Hey, Sean, I just wanted to call out or um, share a little bit of irony on this. In 2012, a movie released called Burn. It was a story about uh, the Detroit Fire Department, how a new mayor was elected, brought into the city of Detroit uh, to clean up. And it happens to also be a woman as well. And uh, she released the current fire chief and brought in a fire chief from uh, California. And I feel like there's some irony. I think the city of Chicago tore a page from that book. First of all, is California a beacon of success? Should we be looking to California for any answers? How are they doing? I mean, the only place worse than Illinois is California. Congratulations. You had 49 states to pick from. You picked from the next worst. It's ridiculous to me. Only government could do that. Thank you, Lucas, for making the call. I appreciate it. I never... um. I never understood in a city, how many thousands of cops are there? It's thousands. You mean to tell me we got no good ones? We got nobody from here that actually knows the scenario of what's going on. Well, let's just sit by. What's his name? What's this? Putz's name? 
Uh, what's his name? I forgot his name. Beckham, something Beck. What is it? Eddie Johnson, who knows? I can't keep him straight anymore. Don't worry, he'll be gone before it's time to uh, learn it. Beck, Charlie Beck. I don't even like the name Charlie Beck. Sounds like he should be on Full House. What are you doing, Charlie Beck? Chicago cop. We have nobody here. Nobody with the vowel could come and fix things. That's what we need. Fix things. You know what's going on. How about how about if we take the guy, because you know that that, that that hey jackass is actually run by Chicago policemen. The one who makes fun of the political system and does gives you the count every day of the people that are shot and robbed and maimed instead of focusing on what uh, what the mannequins with makeup on tell you on the news. To me, why wouldn't you take a guy who's lived it, who knows the system and knows the failures and is a good cop and promote him? Because that's not what they want. They want somebody that's a toy. And that's all this guy is, a toy. And he'll come on and he'll be real McCarthy-like. Who wants to bet? I bet you when he comes out, he's very McCarthy. We're going to fix things. My mustache is wonderful and it's real. And we just need more intimidation of the people of, the, of Chicago. We need more. We're going to work with them, and then we're not. We're going to corral them. Then we're going to treat them all like criminals till we weed out the criminals. He's not going to do anything. He's going to make things worse. Because what would make something better is a cop that's been there for 20 years, who knows all of the failings, who knows where the bones are buried, and he could fix things. But that poor son of a gun... Oh, I know he doesn't want the job. He just wants the check, right? Gets to walk around till his tan wears off. I say he keeps the job till his tan wears off. And then you know what they're going to do? They're going to put somebody in there who is a strong Democrat, who fits all the categories and check marks they want for social engineering. So prepare yourself for a short woman. She can't be tall. Get little Lori Lightfoot there. I say somebody, let's, let's make a bet. Five foot three, I say portly. Nobody under 190 pounds. And she'll get the job because she's been a lifelong Democrat and they have tea and crumpets together. That's who gets the job. That's how politics really works. It doesn't. The best people don't get the best jobs. They buy them just like Congress. How do you think they get on these committees? You think they earn them? No, they buy them from the Democrat Party and from the Republican Party. Mike, thank you so much for calling the show. How are you, handsome? Hey, how you doing? Good. I just wanted to say, first off, don't be throwing stones at anybody that's over 190 pounds. Remember, she ain't a lady unless she's over 180. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Your calf is 180. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Second of all, uh, we got an alderman on the south side. He's a defense attorney for gangbangers during the day. Then at night, he goes around, tells people at the meetings, oh, we're going to get rid of the gangs. He's making money off them. The guy he replaced. 20 years ago, I worked for the city, so anytime there's an election coming up and there's snow, they tell everybody, go out and shovel. They give you corridors to do. And they put me in this guy's ward, and after a couple of days, they give you addresses. Instead of doing the bus stops and all that, and the intersections, they give you addresses. They go, they're handicapped, they're senior citizens, but they don't have the special parking. Every address I went to, they were selling dope out of the house. I went back well, in the office and I threw a chair you got to have clean sidewalks at the dope houses. They're drunk half the time. They're high. They can't walk on snow. Go ahead. Well, well listen, I, so I go back in the office. I go, these are all dope houses. And then they got all offended. They go, well, they got rights, too. 
I said, listen, I got elderly people in my neighborhood on the north side. I'll shovel their house out before a dope house. I threw a chair across a couple of the desks and walked out. Nice. But these aldermen are all corrupt. It's UBS mayor, where's mine? Every alderman in Chicago should serve two terms, one term in office and one term in prison. Thank you, Mike, for calling the show. We found the only city worker in the city that speaks Latin. Did you catch that? We'll be back. 312-642-5600. So I got him. The show's over. To the other side of the cantina. I asked the guy why he's so fly. He said, Funky Cole Medina. That Ted Danson must have been on that Funky Cole Medina. Lost his damn mind. You remember that? So I got to tell you, people, let's clue him in, shall we, on what goes on during the break. My wife is one of you Trump people with the hat and the whole nine yards. All right. So she sends me a text. Uh, you better talk about Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg and Donald Trump's son. Now, listen, normally I wouldn't talk about it because it's ridiculous. You go on The View. Number one, people are losing IQ points watching it. What do you have to prove? But it was my anniversary earlier this week. I forgot it. So I figure I'll make up a little bit. Right. So we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about The View. And uh, gee, big surprise. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, which, by the way. Does anyone know what happened to her eyebrows? It's like the Lindenberg baby. What? Where's the eyebrows? And then she's got the mop on the hair. Okay, I guess it's a look. Let's go with something. If you're going to do it, be crazy about it. I'm all for it. Let's go full board. But that Joy Behar, all I keep thinking about when I watch her is, God, my sympathies are for her husband. Can you imagine hours and hours of that when you're home trying to relax? trying to focus on things and she's in the other room. I can't imagine it. But it was hard enough yesterday to watch the Donald Trump Jr. view. Mr. Trump. Oh, wait, wait. I didn't set that up. That was uh, that was Megan McCain. I, I, I hate playing these clips. I really do. No, I'm not going to play them. Megan McCain. What the hell did you do? I'm serious. I don't understand... What she did. She's John McCain's kid, and the next thing you know, you're giving tips, you're giving viewpoints, you're giving your advice, and on top of that, your husband is. This is how the media works? Really? You know what I mean? I want to know if I should mix mayonnaise and ketchup on a hamburger. I'll call Megan McCain. For all the rest of it, how about we get somebody with an IQ over 110? Maybe. I don't think it's asking too much. So The View, Whoopi Goldberg, Joy Behar, that's what they do. They are the champagne socialists that Dan Proft coins. I like Mercedes Marxists, but okay. We'll go with champagne socialists. Those are the women that feel they are the writers of all wrongs, and only their view has the righteousness. You know, here's the thing. They're going to end up running for president one day. It'll be them against Kanye West. Can you imagine that? That's where we're going in the future. All right, let's go to Roger. Roger, thanks for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Hey, great, Sean. Loving the show. Hey, I used to live in Chicago, about four blocks east of Harlem. Oh, we were on the north side. Sure, Gail. We had a a couple people on our block that voted Republican, and our street never got plowed. Yeah, that's what happened. And Quinn lives right there in Galewood. You know, Pat Quinn. Looks like he should be on the pamphlet of a lead-based paint disclosure. You ever see a guy look more dumb than Pat Quinn? But go ahead. Now, we, we moved out 15 years ago. We came up here north of the border to Cheeseland and bought a house. How's it going? And uh, Not good. You know, the, the banks robbed everybody. 
then the the judges changed all the laws. The Supreme Court changed all the laws. Then you hired banks, rob everybody. And now you got that and that, then, that Marxist Orville Redenbacher as governor up there, the professor. Oh my God! Yeah. If you don't live in Madison or Milwaukee, you don't matter. Yeah, that's a bad move. It's, Plus, the weather stinks. Everyone, oh, it's so nice, Lake Geneva. Get the hell out of here, Lake Geneva. Weather's terrible. Yeah. The lake is dirty. Bunch of phony, rich people. I go to Florida. You're damn right I go to Florida. Florida's much better. It's 80 degrees tomorrow. Are you kidding me? Top down, baby. I only like it, Sean. I only like it, Sean, because I make money off of snow. Oh, so, you want to? Okay, good. What's wrong? Didn't you know anybody know, here yeah, in Chicago? You could get one of those contracts. Where all of a sudden, next yeah. thing you know, old Jed's a millionaire. You just got to sprinkle a few aldermen's infields. Come on. Why do you think we yeah. still see hey, the same listen. five companies doing all the road work? Go ahead. We love you, man. I got to get back on the road, oh. but uh, oh. we really enjoyed the show. And thanks for stepping up and speaking up like you do. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Because here's the reality. As ba- I don't want to watch America become Chicago. Do you understand? That's what happens This is how the Democrat Party works. We, those of us trapped here, those of us who fled it, understand. And that's why as much as I disagree with Peter Navarro and the inner circle of Trump world, there's no choice, man, to me. We cannot go another four or eight years of these Democrats who are going to make Obama look like Milton Friedman. Are you listening to these people? And by the way, did you hear that, uh, uh, what's his name, Bloomberg? Just what America needs, another 78-year-old billionaire who's a socialist and thinks he should control society. Do you understand that if you, Bloomberg, Trump, and Joe Biden all took driver's ed in 1958, what are you, nuts? Could I get a president that doesn't need a diaper? Anywhere, anywhere. And who's the alternative? Who's the young kid on the block? Elizabeth Warren, 1964, she was in driver's ed. Kidding me? This is how you look at these people. They're ridiculous. It's the whole situation is ridiculous. And in the meantime, what's in our future? I don't know what you're talking about, about a meeting with Charlie Beck. I mean, I've seen a lot of speculation about different names, some of which are wildly um, off base. But as I said, we have a superintendent. Liars. Place, Liar. When the time comes to make an announcement, we'll make that announcement. Yeah, the time came 12 hours late. Liars, each and every one of them. Lie right to your face. It's outrageous. 312-642-5600. When we bring on these brilliant men and we make them listen to Eminem, I cannot tell you how much I enjoy that. Because right now, Thomas Schatz is dancing. He may not admit it to the Chicagoland audience, but he's dancing. But I'm proud to have him here, good dancer or not. Thomas Schatz is the president of Citizens Against Government Waste. And you've been so, Thomas, since 1992. Is that right? That's correct, yes. So in 2010, when all of the Republicans were supporting you, and when I would go on YouTube and I would watch your videos, and there would be thousands and thousands of viewers, the government spending was $3.1 trillion. The pork barrel was actually less than it is right now. Is that correct? That's correct. And now here we are, eight years later. We have all conservatives, right? We were supposed to have the conservative president. You've been through, I don't know, what, a, 
uh, two conservative Congresses, one conservative Senate, and yet the spending is at four point five trillion. And how's that pork barrel looking? <laughs> well, the uh, 2019 Congressional Pig Book, which we have been publishing since 1991, uh, has 15.3 billion dollars in earmarks. That's up four uh, percent from the prior year, and uh, almost uh, double the—sorry, uh, more than double the 6.8 billion in 2017. So it is getting higher and worse. Uh, and of course, spending its overall continues to rise after that deal that the president made with uh, Nancy and Chuck. And now we've got uh, another 320 billion in spending, and members of Congress are adding earmarks at the same time. And there's something I find really despicable, and uh, I was I was watching yours recently, and they're not really disclosing how that money or who's in charge of that money being spent. Is that correct? So how does it work? They bring it back to a district, and then it just goes out, and apparently we are supposed to pretend it's not to campaign contributors? Well, let's go back to how this all started. Uh, earmarks have been around for many years, but the Congressional Pig Book, as I mentioned, began in 1991. Between 2008 and 2010, members of Congress were required to add their names at the back of the spending bills to identify which earmarks they had requested and successfully obtained. That disappeared when they adopted the earmark moratorium in, uh, after the 2010 elections when the Republicans came back in. And so it has been relatively low in terms of spending for the first five or six years. But as I mentioned, the last couple of years, it's gone up. And they do not identify who is getting the money anymore. They simply add it within our criteria. They just plus up, as it's called, or they... Um, and money that the agencies didn't request, and so we still find it, but we don't know for the most part who's asking for it. And when you do find it, you find it in things such as the F-35, which is one of my favorite scams. If I was a gangster creating a scam, this particular one I don't think I could have came up with without, without help. How much have we spent on this plane? Well, the uh, the F-35 is an, ex- an expensive and... Uh, outrageously wasteful project we have spent uh, at least in terms of the year marks 1.8 billion dollars in fiscal year 2019 uh that's almost 12 percent of the 15.3 billion these are added by members of congress above and beyond what the pentagon has asked for uh this project is uh, eight years behind schedule almost double the initial estimate in cost and the lifetime expense of operation and maintenance will be 1.2 trillion dollars for the f-35 you know thomas i remember um when the congress brought howard hughes in for remember he was supposedly wasting money on the plane that actually flew (laughs) and it actually did things has anyone ever seen where are we on this f-35 i thought it was a 10-year project and hasn't it gone a little longer than that yeah sure it's been in development for 18 years Hmm. Uh, and like almost everything else in washington it is not working as uh, anticipated. This does not go on in the private sector. If it does, the company would go out of business. But since this is the taxpayer's money, and there is really not much in the way of consequences if money is wasted here in Washington, once in a while, remember, Congress may not get reelected, but the bureaucrats don't really lose their jobs if they're inefficient. So this is what you get, unfortunately. And there's actually studies and, and, and businesses that stay open strictly because 
of this spending. Isn't that true? I remember there was something in Hawaii. What was it? The Northwest or the East West? What was it? Well, there is, there's the East West Center, which is one of the few earmarks uh, for which we do have the identification of the member of Congress. That happens to be Senator Brian Schatz, no relation to me, but he is a Democrat from Hawaii, and his predecessor, Daniel Inouye, also earmarked this particular center, $16.7 million. Uh, in this case, the president proposed eliminating the money. The State Department has never asked for it. There used to be something called the North South Center. I don't make this stuff up, by the way. This is great. That stopped receiving federal funds in 2001, but we still have the East-West Center simply because it's in the state of a member of the Senate Appropriations Committee. And its entire budget is all of the money. It, it, that's the only thing keeping this thing alive because it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for this handout. Is that correct? That's exactly right, because they used to get $5.9 million dollars which was about a third of the budget. Now, basically, their entire budget is uh, being paid for by the uh, taxpayers across the country. It's something that should be privately funded if it should honestly exist at all, because it duplicates exactly what the State Department does, which is why the State Department hasn't asked for it. So in 2011, they they were supposed to make a rule change that was actually going to benefit the American people. And from what you're telling me, it only provided cover for them to actually hide, to a certain extent, the recipients and who was in charge, except when they make a typo and and disclose it accidentally. But for the most part, we really do not know who's, you know, I mean, my problem with this whole thing is obviously to me, it's a money laundering scheme. Obviously, you know, I'm from Chicago. The entire thing exists on pay to play. Right. I mean, that's just how it works. And you know what else, Thomas? I'm so sick. I, I, I'm an old man. Now. I'm 50 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm just disgusted in the idea that they think they're getting away with this when the reality is there are no checks and balances. The idea that that those who are appropriating spending are now in control of that spending is exactly the opposite of what our government was to be uh, uh, built on. And I'm wondering, how are we going to expect them to fix it? When it seems to me that, you know, I never met a pickpocket who cut his hands off. Why would Congress change this? Two things happened earlier this year. One is that the uh, Senate Republicans for the first time agreed to a permanent ban on earmarks. But that is not the law. That's simply a rule, a conference rule that they agreed to. So that was progress. That sent a message to the House of Representatives that the Senate was not going to accept the earmarks in the House. And that's also new. So the uh, House Market Committee Chair, Nita Lowy of New York, said, all right, we're not going to earmark in the 2020 spending bills. That's the current fiscal year that began October 1st, just, you know, that's six weeks ago or so. So we will see what happens. Uh, They haven't agreed to any of the individual appropriations bills. Once again, (laughs) not doing what they're supposed to do, which is pass the budget and pass those bills and get things done here in Washington on a timely and regular basis. So when they have these omnibus or... uh, uh, omnibus appropriations bills, as they're called, or continuing appropriation. It's hard to find those specific items, but we will keep looking and see if they've really kept their word about no earmarks. Again, we're going to find some because we have a different definition, but it would be nice if it wasn't $15.3 billion again. You know, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at when you were, you know, you've been involved with this company since, or with this organization since 1992. And remember, I don't remember anybody using the word trillion the way that the average person does today. I tell everybody listening, you know, whenever I'm on the show, I tell them, you know, a trillion seconds 
is 33,000 years. We are now so comfortable with our government wasting trillions of dollars. I think it's because we can't wrap our mind around just how much money that is. And if you were, you know, how many people realize these debt ceilings and this nonsense where we have these stops and these protections for the people, have you ever seen them work? If here we are every year, it just seems to be bigger and broader and less people care. What I'm really upset about, Thomas, is when I went on YouTube on my phone, there were six people that saw this video, six that liked it. I can't get over it. How are you doing and how can the radio listeners help to keep you in business? Is there a website we can go to to help support you? How does it work? Well, two things. One, I've been here since 1986. I became president in, in 92, so it was even oh. less money in the 80s. But it's, <laughs> yes, you're right. It's, it's A trillion doesn't mean much. Like I will say one thing. The individual uh, taxpayer liability for the $23, billion, sorry, $23 trillion national debt, for a taxpayer, that's $180,000. For each citizen, it's almost $70,000. Uh, so, of course, that's more than you know the uh, average American makes in a year is their share of the national debt. It's a lot of money, but we don't really yet feel the consequences because the economy is doing well, interest rates are low. But interest on the national debt is the third largest expenditure. Imagine if interest on your credit cards was your third largest expenditure or eventually your first uh, and most expensive item is your interest, because that's going to happen in the next five or six years, especially if interest rates go up. So we do have a website, CAGW.org. We have, of course, our congressional paid book. We have our prime cuts. We have our um, fun uh, uh, The Socialist Apocalypse in 25 Seconds video, a lot of oh. interesting things about how your money is being wasted. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, things have changed, brother, since 1986. I graduated high school. At a Buick Riviera, it was a car. But um, I'm, I'm just amazed. You know what else has changed? The character of the American citizen. Because all I keep hearing from conservatives and from Democrats alike are more and more spending. More and more. It, I don't see anyone. The one thing I took a little bit of pride in is back in 2010, there was at least a movement to have government become responsible here we are in 2018, and I just see it getting worse and worse and worse. 2019, oh my gosh, yeah, sorry, 2019. And I just see it getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm concerned about what it's going to be like when I'm too old to make a difference. So I want to thank you and your organization for making a difference. I think it's crucially important that the American people support you. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. We'll be back after this. 312-642-5600. Oh boy, better time here. I had the hair long in the back. Yeah, it was good. It was killer. Son Rapolpin. Sure. You know, I know I could be talking about quid pro quo. Do you want to hear quid pro quo? You want to be massaged? You want to be told everything's good? Well, go to Chinatown, baby. Here you get the truth. Chinatown, you know, massage parlors? Anyway, here you get the truth. Article Wall Street Journal. New York Fed adds $104 billion to markets. $104 billion? That seems like a lot. Huh? Fed sharply increases the amount of help it's providing to the financial system. $120 billion a day. $120. That sounds like, what did they used to call that when Democrats were in charge? Oh, I remember. Quantitative easing. 
$75 billion to repo market a night. Increases the term sharply. Hmm. U.S. debt surpasses $23 trillion. Here's my favorite one. Global debt surges to a record $188 trillion. Why not just call it a godzillion? We just call it a godzillion. $188 godzillion. Who knows how much money that is? You could take all the money. Take it all. Rob everybody. Like, like Elizabeth Warren. Just rob them. Take the money. And you know what you could do? Whistle. You're not even close to paying it off. Who are you going to call? Debt stoppers? Should we get those lawyers on the phone? Who's going who's gonna to help? What are you, nuts? We've tried the government control. We've tried these Depends-wearing Viagra drip recipients and all of their ideas. How's it working out? Oh, I know, I know. Uh, we're hearing a lot of uh, comment from obviously Chinese sources. He's got his hair like Rita Hayward. All died up. And, the, and they're speaking as if there's great certainty about it. Uh, a rollback of tariffs, including uh, current tariffs as well as the, the December 15th imposition of further tariffs. So, so Lou, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't read that story. I don't it's Peter know what, Navarro what he said, but I didn't talk to Larry Democrat. today. Uh, here's what I know, Lou. There is no agreement at this time uh, to remove any of the existing tariffs as a condition of the Phase One deal, and the only person who can make that decision is President Donald J. Trump. And it's, it's see, that's my whole thing. The only person who could make the decision is one guy. Is that how our government was supposed to work? I mean, even if you agree with him, even if you agree with him, one guy, one guy getting the advice of another guy. Who are the guys? Well, the guy he's getting the advice from, he wrote a book. Now he wrote four books. And the guy that he said really liked his books, he made that guy up. Oh, that might be a problem. Might be a problem. Maybe you're going the wrong way. You know what we'll do? We'll just focus on low interest rates. Mm, because if it's one thing we need, it's more credit. When in doubt, borrow and spend, baby. That's all they got. One direction. Borrow and spend. And as far as taxing, oh, don't worry. We're going to do that, too. We're going to do that, too. Elizabeth Warren, she's going to add a millionaire's tax. Ooh, what's that? That means if somehow you managed to miraculously accumulate a little coin, couple million, you know, who knows how you accumulated it. Maybe you worked. Oh, how's that for an idea? Maybe you came up with something that everybody wanted and you got rich. Not in America, baby. Elizabeth Warren says, no, not too fast, you. You're going to get taxed. How come the only thing that never gets taxed is a campaign contribution? Anybody answer that? All these pig barrel. Why do you think I had on the pig book? Thought there was an accident? They're paying off their contributors. That's where the money goes. You think they care? about the flowers in the median? All they care about is if they get to pay five times what those flowers would cost as if they negotiated the price, they get three of three, 30% back. They get a little kickback. And that's how the whole damn thing works. Just like Chicago, Illinois on steroids. That's how it works. That's why congressmen spend hundreds of thousands, if not millions, to get an office that pays them 170 grand a year. And that's why they make it so hard for the good people to run against them. They have created a system where unless you're in on it, you ain't going nowhere. 
because they got the Republican Party. Who, who runs the Republican Party in Illinois? How's that look? Oh, Bill Brady. Oh, you mean the guy with all the casinos in his wife's name? Yeah, him. Or how about Durkin? Guy whose family, they're all lobbyists? Yeah, him too. And who ran it before him? The guy who liked to wrestle all their little boys. Hassert. That's how. Seems to be like a little country club that only the sickest among us get to be in. That's how it really works. That's how it really works. And in the meantime, this machine, why would you be in business when you could be in politics? It is gods among men. You think they care about the taxes? Because they've created all of these little nooks and all of these little hideaways to avoid the very taxes they put on you and me and Venus. They get us all. Except for themselves. There never seems to be any taxation on their little fairy tale world of government money laundering. Can it be called anything else? I don't think it can. When's the last time a congressman was thrown out for bringing money back to his district? You think, you think your neighbors aren't cutting on? See, that's good government in America today. Bring home the bacon and these walking punchlines. Sit in that office until their, their derrieres get bigger than their old ladies. That's how it really works. It's disgusting to me. I'm sorry, it just is. And term limits, everybody term Why would they term limit themselves? Look at Congress. Look at the Senate. Mitch McConnell was elected when that gracious man who works at the, at the Citizens Against Gover, or Government Waste in 1986, Zanzibar pants, that's when Mitch McConnell, that's what he wore to his big inauguration. 1986, he's in office with that old lady face and those two and a half chins of his. And he ain't going anywhere. They're going to take him out of here with a box. But yet if you work for a municipality, 51, you retire. It's amazing to me. You can't be a fireman above 51, but Senator, let's carry you out of there. And then your kid will get a job on The View. See what I did there? You didn't think I could loop it all around the McCain, did you? Wrong. All right, we got time for a phone call. Steve. Steve, you got one minute, kid. How are you? Hey, Sean. Man, you're absolutely right. It's just so crazy bad with spending. You know, you mentioned uh, a trillion is 37,000 years. 33,000. Let's not get crazy. What you got to do is you got to tie that into millions, billions, trillions. So a million seconds is 11 and a half days. A million seconds, 11 and a half days. A billion seconds is 37 years. 11 days, 37 years. A trillion seconds is 37,000. When you put 33, that in dollars, 33, 33, I'm a, see what that is. I'm a stick- We're going right down the hole, Sean. You're exactly right, Steve. I'm a stickler for the facts, though. 33,000 years. That's long enough. We don't need the extra 4,000. But see, when most of us, we're dumbed down because that's the propaganda. You have conservatives that are in charge. Do something! We'll be back after this. 312-642-5600. Fifth Avenue. An accident blocks the left lane. Monroe up to Hollywood 35 minutes. Southbound in 20. Eden's in from Lake Hook Road 34. Outbound wide open. Kennedy outbound. It's 28 to the split. 46 to the airport. Express lanes are closed outbound. They've just opened them for inbound travel. So we'll hear back in 48. 23 off the junction. Express now open from the diversity slip ramp. Here on the Eisenhower in either direction. Hour 5 between the... 390 in the circle. That's traffic. I'm Mary DeBanges on AM560, The Answer. Now, your official weather forecast from the one-hour heating and air conditioning weather center. 
Overnight, partly cloudy, breezy, and cold, low 25. Not as cold for Saturday with a mix of clouds and sunshine, high 45. Partly cloudy for Saturday night, low 33. For Sunday, cloudy and chilly, high 41. I'm Cheryl Golden on AM560, The Answer. Get the latest weather, traffic, and news updates online at 560theanswer.com. This hourly segment is brought to you by Papa Nicholas Coffee. Papa Nicholas Coffee, a family tradition since 1897. Slap and tickle drive time, Chicago. Fastest two hours of your day. Especially Friday. I can't believe it's blowing by. The guy in the line wanted to talk about the dollar. I wish he would have hung on. Son of a gun. Call back, you. Chris, let's clean up the phone lines. Thank you so much for calling the show. How are you, buddy? Hey, Sean. Oh, it's I a girl. Say I'm that, sorry, um, Chris. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm so offended now. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, we need to make these government employees' lives a little bit more uncomfortable. They're, you know, I hate seeing people cower when you go to the DMV and you get treated like garbage by these government employees, you know, we're all so scared of them. It's time to make their lives a little uncomfortable. Ask questions. Start complaining. You know, they don't want to lift a finger to help you if you need something. Let's start pushing back a little bit just on a day-to-day basis on the little things. Chris, you know how you know you're in a socialist country? When it's better to work for the, sta- when it's better to work for the state than not. That's how you know you're working yeah. in a socialist country. So for years now, we've watched the transition happen. It used to be years ago, state workers were paid okay, and they had a good retirement. That's right. That's how it used to be. Now, through unionization of municipal workers, they're paid like captains of industry, in some cases far more than their private sector competition. They have pensions that the government itself have deemed absolute and total and will be paid for by taxing the non-union or non-state employees. So right there is, to me, it's, it's immediately unconstitutional. You have picked a winner over the loser, the private citizen. So when you say that, why would they think of themselves as public servants? When everything, the law, you've written law, you've used the law as a weapon now to make sure here in Illinois, we're going to pay these pensions that were, were faked. Were cooked, were, were presented and, and guaranteed on fake numbers, as history proves it. And you have said that it is in our Illinois Constitution, you can tax us anything to pay the virtuous state worker, regardless of what kind of an employee they were. You don't know how many of these guys even showed up. You've got guys that are retired, didn't even know what, what department they worked in. There's no way to audit that system. So, to your point, I wish we could push back, Chris. Unfortunately, we can't. Our government says we can't. So, how are we going to push back? It's hard. You yeah, know, but, I wish there was yeah, an answer. You can complain. Oh, well, we never complain. Sure. You know, I could, I could do that, too. I could I do that to my wife all the time. I complain about a lot of things. Nothing really happens. She's got me. That's just the way it goes. And that's, unfortunately, Chris, the problem is we were supposed to be able to do something. We were supposed to have politicians that were to negotiate on behalf of the people, not on behalf of the employees. But like we talked about earlier, those employees become the foot soldier to the political corruption. Those employees are the army of the politicians. They've pitted society against each other. And then they wrote law to guarantee that the state worker will always be a cut above the citizen. 
Think about, I don't know how you have your pension. I don't know if it's a 401k. I don't know if it's an investment. But think about a system that says you're going to get paid a percentage, 80% or 70% of your income, and you're going to get compounded interest, inflation interest, for your entire life, and it doesn't matter how the, how the investment performs. That's, and, and now you've said, and by the way, how are you going to guarantee me that? Well, I'm going to tax all the rest of the citizens to pay you. Think about what we're talking about. Just step back from the argument for a minute. And you're going to tell me that municipal and state employees aren't better than the citizens? Well, then no one's given me that deal. Nobody. I don't go to work. I don't make money. My retirement plan is based on the real estate or on the investments that the government's destroying. And by the way, if things go sideways, we're bailing out those people, too. So, Chris, I wish we could put up a fight. I really do. And I'm sorry I got your gender wrong, but I'm sure you'd be a nice man, too. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. And that's the reality. The reality is they're not the public servants. You're servants for the state. We're the slave. We're the servant. We're the employee. Where aren't you an employee? Look at it in every one of their proposals. It's about taking more from you to benefit them. Are we pretending that there's public servants? Are we still going to go through that? Serve and protect. Really? (laughs) I got about 40 guys I could bring in here to tell you that ain't true. And in every one of the instances, when the choice is between the citizen and the government employee, who wins? You can't fire them. You can't not pay them no matter what they do. And if they're politically connected, well, that becomes the boss. Then the feet get put up on the desk, right? We unbutton the pants like your fat uncle at Thanksgiving. You know what we call him? Boss. Couple. And that's how the real system works. I'm sorry. And if you want in on it, you know how you get in on it? You sprinkle the infield. You drop off a little check, a little envelope. Now, we could talk about fluff. That's up and down the dial. I don't do it here. Talk about the real deal. 312-642-5600. AM560. The answer. So that is Friday. That's music, baby. It's Friday night. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm looking at the I love this song. Looking at the politicians who get busted, this Arroyo. Now I don't think I like him. I first of all, I'm very confused by that taffy apple head of his. Do you see the head on that guy? My word, it's got C-section written all over it. Anyway. I think he's a scumbag, long-time scumbag. There's no question about it. But I look at him, get, he gets busted, right? And he's a lobbying firm. And what's he lobbying? He's lobbying for the competition against the video game poker that all the Republicans are all in on. Hmm. That's very peculiar. Now, all the things you could have busted people for. You bust the guy lobbying for the competition to the stronghold video gaming that we know. Right? The guy from Gold Rush Gaming pays a Cook County commissioner as an agent that we know about. Hit the newspaper, no one cares. We know that the, the, the Republican, he's got his wife with the, with the fronts, with the gaming fronts. We know that the lobbyists all in on it, the pot dispensaries. But yet the guy gets busted who is lobbying for the competition. How does that smell? That's how they protect themselves. You get out of line and they turn you over. This is, this is right out of... This should have been written by Mario Puzo. It's great. Where's Luca Bratti? You have my next Boston Terrier's name. Margo, thanks for calling the show. How are you? 
Hey, Sean, great. I'm so happy when you're on. Thank you. Listen, we, need to, we do need to give these guys some trouble. This is ridiculous. You need to say, uh, how much did you pay in over the years? There's, that's X. What's the interest on that money? That's Y. X plus Y equals Z. That's your number. Would you like that as a lump sum? Or do you want it over 20 years? Well, Margot, this... Can I say something else? Yes. What? Go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. You know, when when Rahner tried to sort of fix all this, they said, oh, that goes against the Constitution of the state of Illinois. We can't do that. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't even consider that. Then when they they figured out, you know, things weren't adding up, oh, well, we're going to have to bust that that tax cap now. We'll put that to the vote. We're going to change the Constitution. Wait a minute. It was fine to change the Constitution to get more money out of people, but it wasn't fine to change the Constitution to get these things under control. Margo, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And here's the other thing. Where is the sympathy for the result of this corruption? See, the result of this corruption is a depreciation, an erosion of your biggest asset in your life, your real estate. You know, most of the people out there, that's their biggest investment. Most of the people, that's where they put their money. That's where their retirement is. Where's the woe is you from government when they destroy your retirement? Because that's what it looks like when government protects its foot soldiers, protects itself at the expense of you. They could care less about any of you. It's not just the people on the south side or the west side. It's even the people in Hinsdale. They don't care that the policies they implement destroy those homes. Westmont. Pick a suburb. Go up north. Where is the real estate in Illinois thriving? Except in their little TIF agreements. It seems to do well there. That's why every single one of them are in ultimately on a real estate scam. Louis Gutierrez didn't pay. He was paying Pennies on the dollar. He's touted as a success. Look at the, uh, what's the, the, the Irish drunken stumble bum with the wife who's a judge? Eddie Burke, wannabe gangster. He thinks he's right out of a Scorsese movie. And half a fella wouldn't last five minutes in the real world. Sickening. You a tough guy? Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. Sickening to me. Everybody wants to be a gangster. Mike, how you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing, Sean? Very good. Thank you. Was talking with your buddy, the cow guy, today on another station. He says hello. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, Scott's brilliant yeah, guy. Absolutely. Really yeah. Go ahead. Hey, I want to tell you, I was over at the Cato Institute luncheon today, over at the Ritz Carlton on uh, right off Pearson. There, you know. I didn't know it was there. I love those Cato fellas. I got a I got a sporkle with patches on the elbow. I could have got in there. Go ahead. Uh, I took my I took my elbows off, man. I'm going All blue right. collar on that. Nice, nice, nice. But yeah. they had that uh, nut brain. Michael McCormish from uh, MSNBC, you know? Uh-huh. He gets up there, he tries to sound like he's going to be neutral, saying he's not sure which way this election's going to go. And you could tell by the look in his eyes and the tone of his voice. He gave you 100 scenarios on how it might be a close close election. Mm-hmm. And you could tell he doesn't believe anything he's saying. He's no. scared to death Trump's going to win in a landslide. Well, you, you know what that means, Mike? He's going to go far in his business. Thank you for calling the show. And the reality is, listen, I can't stand a lot of Trumponomics, but I absolutely and unequivocally cannot sit idly by as these socialists, these Soviet-style fascists, pretending to care about people, are going are to win the White House and do to the country what those same 
those that same philosophy has done to Chicago, Illinois. It's the same thing, only worse. They have more power. They have more control. So I'm here to tell you, I'm not going to, you think I'm going to put on the Caddyshack hat? Tell you everything is all right as he destroys conservatism? No, I'm not going to do that. Here's your choice. The conservative, the faux conservative Keynesians, the collectivists called Republicans, or the Soviets, the communists, pretending to be Democrats with compassion. How compassionate is the city of Chicago? Or is it where you avoid? How many of you would be happy if your kids said, I'm going to go take a ride downtown? How many? Wake up, smell the fascism, smell the socialism, and try to correct the only party that can be corrected, the Republicans. The Democrats are too far gone. But don't let up on the Republicans. And don't buy this rah-rah nonsense. Because that's how we lose in slow motion. We could have fixed this if we had a, would have had conservative Republicans in Illinois. I'll be back next Thursday and Friday, by the way. Keep this mic hot.